If you ask Lori Dunn what her professional love language is, she'll tell you that she relishes the opportunity to talk about revenue, energy, and career growth. For Lori, energy brings economic impact, environmental protection, and equity all together. She's the Director of Sales at InFiSense, which is leading the movement to digitalize the real world so that the pros working to solve climate change can get back to what really matters, saving the planet. She joined me this week to have an in-depth discussion about climate change, energy, revenue, and so much more. I'm Kevin McShann, led to this conversation. Thank you for having me, Kevin. I'm excited to chat today. Now, Laura, I know that you're one of the first direct, a female director of sales in the company that you work for in the Senate. So I'm curious to ask, ask you, how do you think we can continue the trend of getting more females in leadership? And what does that mean to you to sort of be a, a, a trendsetter in that regard? Uh, I mean, this is my goal. So it means a lot to me to be even even you saying a trendsetter. That means quite a bit uh, because this is what I want for the world. I want it to be less unique that I am the head of sales at this company. My title is director of sales. I am the first sales hire and sales leader for Infosense. And how we do that is a female salespeople continue to show up. Uh, male salespeople continue to give those opportunities. I think in the world, we have a lot of group think problems and that means decreased opportunities. So as long as uh, we all keep showing up and challenging our biases, I think we have a better shot at this. Yeah. Absolutely. And tell me that you, your passion lies in revenue, uh, talking about energy and career growth. So I, I, I'm, Curious to ask you about your uh, professional love language and what that means to you. Oh, man, my love language is words and touch. If you high five me and say good job, I am so happy (laughs) in the virtual world. It is a lot of more verbal, but I don't mean when I say love languages and professional and I say, tell me I did a good job. High five. I don't mean only that. I really deeply value feedback as well. So the best way to make me feel supported and in terms of love language, feel loved. If you're helping me get better, 
if you're highlighting something I couldn't see and showing me a way to get better, that also makes me feel very supported and very loved. Um, so we can't really high five in COVID world. We're all remote, but you can tell me something that intrigued you, impressed you about me. You can tell me a way I can get better and we can create community in this way. Um, that that's what really works for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I know uh, talking about energy also uh, for you, it will be economic impact, environmental yep. protection, and social equality. So tell me all about how you think those things are interconnected. Oh, they are deeply interconnected. Uh, so I have a background in social impact, like international development, uh, coexistence and conflicts and that side. And it's all about the sustainability goals that have been passed through uh, the UN. That was everything I was doing in life. And then I kind of discovered energy. And I realized that intersection of all the work I was trying to do. How do we, economic impact is really how we balance the scales of privilege getting folks access to different opportunities, like allowing women in leadership positions, like head of revenue, this is one, uh, like allowing um, untapped and overlooked voices in, whether that is a female, whether that is a skin color, whether that is a disability, whether whatever that is, allowing you access into the room where the decisions are being made. Think of when we want to put a new power plant up, it's probably going to be in a LMI neighborhood, a low middle income area. And that is typically an untapped and overlooked group of people. We need to get these people in the room because that will affect how, um, let's see, the air that you and your family and your children breathe that affects the noise pollution as well. It does affect the kinds of jobs that come into your areas and allowing people access to make be a part of that change is really vital to me. Energy is also, when we talk about climate change, this is a huge one. We can really change the world with some new exciting technologies, uh, but also understanding where some of the old technologies still have value. Maybe they need to be only 10% instead of 90% of what we did because diversification is, is exactly what we need to be doing. But you can make positive impact via climate change um, through energy. And that's where I really focus. And so I'm able to tap in on bringing people into the workforce and in places of power, increasing economic incentives, decreasing some negative polluting harms in their areas. And we're also able to tap in on, uh, on energy and climate change. These are, these pillars are really important to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I know Emphasis is sort of leading the digital movement when it comes to uh, helping uh, to uh, promote uh, the need to talk about climate change in a different way. So tell me about all the work. What does it do for emphasis? I'm curious. Uh, Infosense, you are hitting me at a very interesting time. I am working on that one-liner to make it easily explainable. <laughs> that is something I am pulling my hair out about right now because we do a lot, but it's also so simple and really cool. So pretty much we help companies um, access a disruptive new technology so they can pull data from anywhere on the planet. 
So we're really trying to digitize the physical spaces of the world, allowing us, once you have data, you can create um, new models, new ways to change systems that haven't been working before in that, but you need to see the data. Otherwise, we're all just guessing. So we're kind of this back end helping folks understand what's happening out in the world. And then all of these very intelligent, capable people now will have the data to process that and make an impact in the world. Whether that's climate change, better energy power lines, better um, growing indoor ag plants better, um, making our buildings more efficient, reducing carbon monoxide in a lot of companies that take farm waste and turn it into energy, but we have to make it carbon negative, not just carbon neutral, carbon negative. Data can help them get there. And so that was very long-winded. I'm working on it. Um, but that is, that's what we do at InfoSense and why I pull my hair out every night. <laughs> Understanding that, that one sentence is hard. Well, I have to tell you, it's, it's important work, and I was honored to give you your runway of uh, a brainstorming session there, Lori. So, you know, welcome for that. I'm only kidding. Well, that's... <laughs> Thank you for being so kind and letting me blunder through it. It's great. We'll get there. <laughs> well, one step at a time, right? Yeah, exactly. Lori, you talked earlier about career growth, and I know that you did a little research on me, and I was born with what's called uh, spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy, and part of my adult life I dedicated to advocating on behalf of uh, people with disabilities in terms of employment equality and equity. So I'm curious to ask you uh, specifically about how we uh, get more people with disabilities Sure. Um, there's a balance there of do we speak more openly about it or do we just get qualified, dedicated people in and we we don't necessarily say it up front. This is where I, I don't have a strong opinion yet. I'm right in the middle of it, because if you maybe there is a hiring manager who would overlook someone if they found that info out. Now, HIPAA is obviously meant to be there to help protect us, but it doesn't, it's hard when hiring is subjective, especially in, um, in many roles where the hiring manager themselves has to be the one that's fully open to it. And they're assessing whether you move forward or not. So I don't have an, a definite answer there, but I can talk about two options, which is one, you always come very prepared for the role and you get yourself to a place where maybe we're now, now you have an offer and you're able to say, Hey, I have the offer in hand before I sign this. I do want to double check your diversity, equity, um, disability policies. I'd like to discuss that before I sign this and making sure that's for everyone. That is something I do. That is something many of my friends do and many people in my community that we check. We make sure that uh, people in different communities have access to things in the organizations we choose to join. Just because I can join certain organizations doesn't mean their poor policies should be allowed to have access to me. So I think we can talk about it there. And like I said, if you are a person with a disability and you are going through an interview process and you're like, I don't know, should I bring it up? Should I not? One method might be get that offer letter, get the offer letter, and then have that conversation and make sure that you are safe and protected there. 
because it, when you interview, it really is, you're making sure it's a right fit for you, just like they're making sure you're the right fit for them. So you can do it that way. The other way is opening up earlier on uh, and talking about that to make sure you don't waste your time through an interview process to be disappointed, um, which I think we all know that I won't deep dive, but I will say in both of those circumstances, I did put the onus on the person with a disability, with um, with a, a disparate background. And that's not only it, it's having conversations, Kevin, like you're having now, right? I'm a hiring manager, having it with me and saying, this is important, hold my feet to the fire. Uh, talking about it very publicly on LinkedIn and others, um, showing success stories, showing uh, learning moments. They're not fails, they're learning moments of when we can, we could have done better because had I known earlier on, we could have had better support here. We could have had that. Um, when humans don't feel supported and valued, you start to see the anxiety creep in and that isn't helpful in anyone's day job. So being able to have these discussions early and often and setting those expectations, I think it's the way we can move there better. It does require more conversations, I think. Yeah, it, it's an ongoing conversation for sure. And I know one of the ongoing conversations you really have is a dream of yours to build revenue and energy and support the growth of so many, many other things coming up. So tell me a bit Sure. So, I mean, in general, I have three main goals in life. It's, you know, I want to amplify untapped and overlooked voices in tech sales. I want, I'm shepherding the energy transition within climate tech, and I'm all about mentoring, training up and coming revenue pros. I think I can do that all in the position I'm in now and where I see myself moving forward, which is once this company is profitable, successful, has an, an exit, an acquisition, whatever that, that next step is for us, then I can move to another. Climate tech is only going upwards from here. It really is because this is the, people want to do something that matters. This is the future. Being able to combat climate change, there's a lot of technology out there and sales is what drives that technology forward. We do have product-led growth right now that's happening everywhere. And that is absolutely wonderful and necessary. And the salesperson is that connector from the customer back into the company. So whether it's the product-led growth, whether it is an, you know, a previous model where it was just the salesperson calls and makes it, that makes sense. Or if it's more community-based growth, like we're seeing a lot right now, uh, climate tech is the place to be. And I really love it right now. I'm continuing to learn so much all about energy, all about different systems and the players involved to make this happen. And my, my goal is to get more people excited and amped about this. Sales isn't a curse word. I used to think it was, <laughs> it is not uh, salespeople. When you truly, when you want the customer to have all the information so they can make the best decision, you know, you're making their life better. That's what sales is. Now, if you do it wrong of course it's bad um climate it's we're not just doomed 
right? Sales isn't a curse word. Climate isn't doomed. If we can get more people on board with that driving forward, that's where I'm excited to make my biggest impact. Dunn offers these wise words of wisdom when it comes to interconnecting success in sales so and business. From the customer standpoint, sales is here to disrupt their day because <laughs> that's what we do. We cold call, we cold email, we take up space on your calendar and all that. From a salesperson side, yeah, I know I'm doing that, but I'm doing it because I truly believe the problem that you have doesn't need to be that hard. And I really believe in my product that it can make your day better. For a business, you have you know, solutions, engineering, operations, marketing, all of these people that are moving over here to make sure that the product is working well, helping the customer and the customer can see it, right? If I'm talking marketing, it's amplifying and showing it there. The salesperson is really the gateway from the customer back to the company. We're the ones that go disrupt their day uh, by cold calling. So it's like, it's a cold call. You want to hang up? Like, are we good? And you get people in and say, I'm, we're going to, we're going to go on a journey here together. And at the end of it, I really think your day is going to be better because my solution will help you there. Uh, then I bring it back to my product, back to my solutions. And we say, how can we make this even better for our customer? Just like anything, when you sit alone and dream it up, it is never as good or as fruitful as with others. I think about all the conversations when I'm nervous about something and I plan what I'm going to say. And I'm, you know, talking to myself in the car, in the shower. And I'm just like, what am I saying? Well, okay. And then I'll say this and then they'll say this and you make it up. And if you're anything like me, you're a bit more doomsday than life ever really is. It's never that bad, but also it's, I don't know what's happening inside your head. Kevin, if I had tried to plan every response today, I have no idea what you're looking for out of an answer and what you're really going to ask and the meaning. But sitting here with you, I'm able to go, huh, take a minute, think about it and delve back in. And that, that I think is the perfect example of a company dreaming up a product and saying, people are going to love it and buy it. And then the salesperson goes and has the conversation to verify everything that we think is true, everything that needs to be challenged, and let's edit to make their day better. Yeah, absolutely. And Laura, you definitely have learned from some of the best people in your industry in terms of energy efficiency, sales, and building control. So I'm curious to ask you about what are some of the most valuable lessons you learned professionally? I'm curious. Uh, valuable lessons. So I do, I have been really grateful to learn from the best in the business, some energy folks who are so impressive, their dedication to energy and what it can uh, bring for the world is proven by 20 plus years in, in the industry and their unfailing kindness of giving me time as their mentee as their employee and being able to learn directly from these people has been invaluable in sales as well communities are only going up 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 and up it is it's exactly where you need to be so i just opened my slack 
Um, I'm in more communities than just Slack communities, but I've got about 15 different Slack channels. Now I mute a lot of the channels inside those because it gets too much noise. Like I don't think a human brain can handle that many notifications and content coming out, but I'm in a lot of different communities where if I need help as, you know, first time revenue leader, I know exactly which channel I go to. I do not go to any of the others. If I have a random revenue question that's just, you know, a general like musing or thought, I know that channel as well. And then when I flip over to energy, if I just want to talk climate tech, if I want to talk community building within climate, if I want to talk buildings and IoT, I have those communities to go to. And then in those places, the people that continue to show up are the ones that value community and mentorship and growth. So when you find those places that work for you and what you're learning to grow on, the you only get exponential growth because everyone there is looking to get better together. Yeah, and Lori, I know that you're also a mentor for the Girls Club. So I, I, I'm curious to ask you what that means to you to be a positive example for the female leaders for tomorrow. Sure. I'm actually the beneficiary of mentorship from Girls Club. That is one of my Slack communities I'm still in. Uh, I was in Gen 3. I was a protege there, and I had two mentors within that. I won the Above and Beyond Award from Factor 8. I, I gave a lot into that community, which means I got so much more out of it. I really did. I developed, there's a cohort, you know, 80 other women I was in this with, we're all on that leadership path and we're building together. The, the leader, LB and Angela, the two, two women up top taught us the skills, the hard skills and the soft skills of leadership. And I was grateful that they asked me to come back and mentor this go around. It starts in April. I could not be more excited uh, because I mentor quite a few people already. Just on the side, you know, I'm the person they call when we need to negotiate, when we're in an interview cycle, when things maybe aren't working so well in the role in the first 90 days, and we're trying to identify if this is the right fit or if we made a mistake there. Um, I, I value being that person for others the way that people before me have been for me. And having Girls Club ask me to come back as a mentor was really exciting. I can't wait to meet my mentee and see what, what she wants to do to build her yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations on uh, leading a path of a positive example for the next generation. I know you're going to do a great job, but my final question for you has to do with uh, your life non-negotiables in terms of how you uh, establish happiness and whether you have uh, non-negotiables when you're trying to fulfill your uh, personal Ooh, you saved the toughest one for the end. That's uh, why. That's right. <laughs> Kevin, here at the hard hitting questions. Um, I so the non-negotiables in my life are all about people. I think that's why I'm in sales because that right, we spend over you know eight hours a day at, at work, and that's a lot of your life. So that's why I'm in sales. It's all about people for me. My non-negotiables are when someone asks me to show up, I do everything in my power to be there. Whether that is a trip I take, 
I run over for dinner. Um, you need me to, to watch your kid for an hour because you, they can't go into this building that you have an appointment. You have to find whatever that is. Uh, I like to be that person for others. I, I deeply value that. And a non-negotiable for me is entering a role or a community or a place that would prevent me from being that person. And whether that is within that community or if that would affect my personal outside of that. A lot of these communities, you start to blur the lines, right? Because we have our day job and then communities happen kind of outside of that. So I don't enter places that prevent me from inherently showing up for people. Uh, I also try to focus my career growth, my personal growth on things. I think there's a couple different methodologies here. I choose the 20% of things that I rock at. I choose to invest more time in getting better at those, just like I do on the 80% that I'm, I'm learning, growing, or let's, let's flip it. Let's be empowering here. I'm great at 80% of things, 20% I could work on. Uh, I put a lot of my time on my strengths. Because instead of being a jack of all trades at everything, I know what makes me successful is the things I'm already good at. So I invest more time into those. So similarly to how I don't enter communities or spaces that prevent that, a non-negotiable for me is anything that prevents me from shining in the areas I know that are valuable for me. Cause that's, that's where I'm going to add the most value to others. And I hope I've relayed it well enough. That's what makes me feel valued as a human is being able to give back to others. So a non-negotiable thing that would try to dim that light. Yeah, absolutely. And more, if people want to get connected with you, what's the best way they can do that? Oh, LinkedIn's a great place to find me. Lori Dunn on LinkedIn. I'm there. You can also find uh, my website, energytosell.co. Two as in the number, not the word. Um, and just, yeah, find me online. Find me in any of these communities. If you are a woman in revenue, join Girls Club. If you're interested in leadership, I will be there. And I'm excited to meet you all. Fantastic. Well, Lori, I have to tell you, I was super excited to meet you this morning and I have a conversation about energy revenue and everything in between your time on my behalf and energy and efforts in this place are most appreciated and i want to thank you for being here today of course thanks for having me kevin this is wonderful